Special episodes continue of the Big Ideas Welcome podcast. This is Chris McAdoo, as always, honored to be in your ears with today's episode. Jalen Baker returns to the mic and she sits down with John Jordan, founder of A Heroes IT. They talk innovation. They talk about the future. John is a, a recent graduate of the 100 Knoxville Business Accelerator Program founded by the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center, a nonprofit business accelerator located right in the heart of Knoxville, Tennessee, otherwise known as the Maker City. Mm-hmm, the Maker City. So 100 Knoxville, uh, it's a program started by KEC with a goal of growing Black-owned businesses by $10 million in five years. And John just graduated recently from the program. He's the founder of A Heroes IT. Um, we talk a little bit about his early obsession with computers and how he got into IT and just how excited he is to be living in Knoxville at this point in time when so much innovation is happening. So super excited for you to learn more about his journey. Hey, thank you to the Shod companies for this incredible conversation. Y'all, I cannot wait for you to hear Jalen Baker and John Jordan. John, thank you so much for coming to the podcast to talk with me today. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I am super curious to learn about your business and what you do. Would you tell the people all about it? What do you do? Well, um, my business, A Heroes IT, um, our motto is to provide information technology solutions today to make the best tomorrow. And what A Heroes does is we we one of the key things that we've we've done we've recently um and, and from 100 Knoxville and from um my mentor and other folks yeah. we've come up with a new strategy one of our initial strategies was per, um was mainly focusing on IT products and solutions and those centered around IT project management cybersecurity, okay. training, and technical services, and things of that nature. From, our men- from the mentor that I have, um, Mike um, Mangione. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that right? At least uh, I think. <laughs> so from him, from just going back and forth with him, yeah. one of the key things that now our refocus is, is to do, we're going to focus on Cybersecurity, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the energy, healthcare, and education sectors. Okay. Um, with certain key niche within cybercrime, incident response, um, digital forensics, and things of that nature. Um, yeah. Because right now, um, zero trust um, architecture, things of that nature. So we can focus on things that are happening not only for today. But tomorrow, one of the key things that we want to do is make those solutions for today as opposed to tomorrow. One of the other key things that we focused mostly on was Fortune 1000 companies and government. We've now focused, um, do a a special focus in mid-market as well as Fortune 100, um, Fortune 1000, things of that nature. But one of the key reasons why I want to focus on that Part of that deals with the way that my team is composited. Um, My team is comprised of right now six folks and our bandwidth, we're old IBMers. 
Um, okay, so that was your past. In- correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. So based upon that past, um, my specialty was in was initially in IT infrastructure. Then I was within uh, with IBM within their information security um, management. And and tell me how I mean from the 100 Knoxville program you recently graduated. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, how those conversations with your mentor kind of helped you realize, oh, I need to pivot and and refocus and kind of hone in on specific industries? So one of the key things um, that I was doing with 100 Knoxville, our company, we've been around since really um, 2017. And so initially we had some great success, but it kept on going in ebbing and flows. And that just was the nature, not only the nature of the business, but um, within our organization, as we progressed and did better, a number of people, they found better opportunities. As that happened, we had some people that stayed, but for the most part, almost everybody who we initially had, it switched. And so we had a number of new folks. And so we had to do a better refocus to uh, focus on our customer base and uh, and to provide solutions within our company bandwidth. Yeah. And tell me just about how you approach leadership as far as, you know, being a boss and, you know, managing people on your team. What what are some of the key values that you try to instill and, and keep as your like main focus as a business? Well, one of the key things that we want to do is make sure that not only are the customers happy, but the employees mm-hmm. and the team is very happy. Yeah. And we we manage things in a first off in in a project process framework um, where we make sure we we look at as as me being a leader and um, have a background in project management. Okay. Um, looking at the resources, looking at the overall, um, cost of things, and also looking at the time or schedule to do things right. within a certain high level quality that's delivered to both the customer and that is emulated throughout our whole entire team. Okay. Amazing. Uh, okay, I want to take it back a little bit to when you were a child, <laughs> a young man growing up. Any, you can focus on any age you want, but what were your interests as a kid? How did you fall into getting into technology? So when I was a kid, and this is going to age me a little bit, okay. my first computer was an Odyssey 2. Nobody oh. knows, like, you're like, what the heck? That's before Atari. Oh my God. So, so, so one of the things is I did that and then we had the Commodore 64. Uh-huh. And then, um, and so one of the first jobs I actually had was I was working for, um, it's, it's now dead, defunct Radio Shack, but they had oh tandy gosh. computers. Yes. And so, um, um, I worked for them. So computers was always a hobby for me. Yeah. So when I went to, I went to Howard University and I was, I went there as an electrical engineer, but always, we used to always have computers. So one of my first jobs when offered, um, was a company that's now, um, now it's, it changed hands on the names of it, but it's really Verizon. Huh. And so okay. basically from there on, I just started my career in the computer yeah. industry and I started at an early age. From very early on. That's really cool. 
Wow. And tell me about your decision to go to Howard. I mean, you moved far away from home. You said you grew up in, in Knoxville. So right. what so, went into that decision? So one of the things that happened is um, I had the opportunity to go to Howard. Um, well, it was there was a couple of schools I, uh, I was going to go to. Okay. And one was Howard and one other one was Columbia University. Gotcha. And um, I was uh, basically I wanted to experience um one of the key things is I wanted to, I wanted to, I was looking at Columbia University, Ivy League, or Howard University and HBCU. And so uh, one of the key things after talking with very close family and friends and a particular person, Miss Olinger, because she went to both schools herself. No, she didn't. How? Yeah. What? Yes, wow. Yeah. And so she was like, well, you can make this, uh, this choice. Yeah. One of the key things is, you want to um, give the black experience. And, but at the same time, Columbia University is a great school. Mm-hmm. So make, make your choice on right. what you How feel she is couldn't best. even tell you which one because she got to experience both. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, she did. She got her, she went to, she went to Fisk. Oh, wow. She went to Fisk. She I went to T- um, TSU cool. and then Fisk. Okay. And then, um, she is also one of the, she was the first or the second, um, black, um, um, black women that graduated from, um, from the graduate program of Columbia University. Wow. That's really cool. So, and what role did she play in your life? Remind me, was she a mentor or just a friend? She was, she was initially my father's, um, um, teacher. And so we oh, just, it was one of those things so that cool. as we used to always, she lived in Rockwood, Tennessee. Okay. And so used to always come over and say, Hey, how you doing? She's like, Oh, can I have some a popsicle? Can yeah, I have so she was yeah, one of these folks? That. Yep. So really it was sweet. just one somebody who I, I deeply respected and yeah. loved. And and what was your experience like at Howard once you made your decision? Hmm. <laughs> Howard University is a um it it really is an experience. It's one of those things where I still have my relationships with um, um, my friends, colleagues, professors, even today. Yeah. Um, I'm actually the, um, the president of the, of the alumni club here. Okay. Uh, and so, um, so it's something that <laughs> it's, it's part of me. Yeah. And I'm sure you and Candace. And we are have... the real HU. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm sure you and Canvas talk, uh, Candace talk about that all the time. Oh, she, yeah. I know she's yeah, a Howard yeah, girl. Candace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Candace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll go back into the business stuff. Um, what is something, what is one way that you try to stay ahead of the curve as you're coming up and dealing with things that change in the industry constantly? So one of the things that I did, um, and this was, um, this was in the nineties. So uh-huh. after I graduated from Howard and I wanted to, uh, you can read, read things and all that stuff, but I wanted to get training, but I didn't want to pay all that money for all the training because your average right. training course was anywhere between 2000 to $10,000. Oh and so, so the very, one of the very first things I did was, um, I became a, cert, a certified technical trainer okay. and then signed up to be, um, to be able to train with a number of companies with Microsoft at, um, Citrix, um, with IBM, with okay. a number of organizations. And, and so 
when they first come up with the technology before it is released to public, mm-hmm. I get that information. And so wow. a lot of that is nice. I'm now, I'm, I'm, I'm like either alumni or, or fellow level. So yeah. some of this I now get, and that's how I really stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, that's incredible. And speaking of those companies and, and the way that you've been able to build like a partnership with them, um, how have you been able to leverage their name and, you know, brand awareness in the community to help build your business? How does that partnership work? So it, it works, it works in two ways. One way is, um, I leverage. So the way that I do, um, business with a number of the partners. Like for instance, one of my key partners is IBM. Um, and within IBM, because I'm an old IBMer, mm-hmm. sometimes I can leverage some of the past relationships right. to get certain business. And also within IBM, they have certain competencies and proficiencies to sell that product or service. Right. And so there's certain, certain education that they have. And then there's certain support that they give yeah. to, to, to try to make whatever engagement successful. Yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, since you were an old IBM or you get to not only just like leverage it for business, but I'm sure that those are relationships that are valuable to you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I still talk to a number of my former colleagues all the time on a daily basis. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that just speaks to the value of like building relationships that are meaningful and building community so that you're not just an isolated island out there. Well, (laughs) One of the key things is you can't be isolated. You can't do those things, especially um, even beforehand. You have to build those relationships and take those relationships to new levels to see um, from one part, part of the synergy um, to make for even for a customer's um, standpoint to make one of the key models I have make solutions today for the best tomorrow. Right. That basically means that we want the customer to be happy mm-hmm. and be totally satisfied. Yeah. That's something that we take pride in. Yeah. What was the 100 Knoxville cohort community um, like? Was did, did you feel like that was a valuable piece of the program? Oh, yeah. Or what, what? Oh, yeah. One of the key things that um, um, when I initially started, when we initially um was um, when I was initially brought in, um, one of the key things that when I uh, when I met Mike, um, when I found out he went to Farragut. Oh wow! And so I went to Farragut, Farragut High, and he went to Farragut. He yeah. was he was a couple of years after me and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, um, <laughs> I said you went to Farragut. What what extracurricular activities? He goes, I ran track. And I was like, oh really? I ran track oh. too. So we just started talking about some of the coaches and things of that nature. So we, um, we meshed perfectly together and some of the insight that he gave, um, not only made, made certain changes on how the direction that I'm doing, um, the, um, not only the marketing, but the, um, the directions that on how we're going with our company, but there's certain partnerships that I've, um, that I know we're going to have as well. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad that was a really valuable experience for you. Tell me how you, well, what would you ask of the Knoxville community? How can we support you and your business and what you're doing? Well, what the city, one of the key things that's actually, I mean, well, one thing that's now happened in Knoxville is that there has been um, um, a change 
on where we're going. Knoxville is one of the few areas that you have um, a number of people, especially around the Knoxville Oak Ridge area. Mm -hmm. You have a number of people who have um, PhDs. Very smart, intelligent people. Yeah. Um, the way that Knoxville has been, it's it's not now going into a um, a growing curve, where especially after um, after COVID hit, a number of people are coming into this area, and it's mm -hmm. flown with a lot of brand new ideas, yeah. brand new values, uh, brand new things that's going to help the community, um, kept the community, and overall. Um, this area grow to be a better place. So what can I ask Knoxville to do? Do what it's doing right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's growing to a point yeah. to where innovation and big ideas are happening right yeah. now today. And it's one of those things where, um, a hero's is going to grow with that. Yeah. It's exciting to be a part of. That's really awesome. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me. It was awesome to learn more of your story. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Big Ideas Welcome Podcast. This show is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer and is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. Big Ideas Welcome is hosted by Chris McAdoo and brought to you by the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center, a nonprofit business accelerator located in the heart of downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. You can learn more at knoxcc.com and submit your own big ideas and entrepreneurial adventures at madefornoxville.com.